Hi, everybody, and welcome to another exciting episode of the Brothers of Discussion. Now, usually, we open these shows with some sort of collage of what we're going to talk about in the, in the next few moments, but I, I think this quote, Matt, we're going to do a little bit different today. Yeah. I think this quote from Thomas Paine on the American crisis, I think it perfectly sums up what the hell's going on in the world of wrestling. So buckle in. Quote. These are the times that try men's souls. The summer soldier and the sunshine patriot will, in this crisis, shrink from the service of their country. But he that stands by it now deserves the love and thanks of man and woman. I think what that means, man, is WWE and now AEW are battling for the summer. And WWE has never looked more desperate, Matt. To <laughs> <laughs> Is it desperation, Matt? Is it maybe that I, they're starting to realize that they do have some real competition on their hands? I don't know. There's so many ways to, to dissect it because I had so many hot takes. And then my most recent hot take is, you know, if, if you're going to challenge WWE, like, you know, they may have just woken the sleeping giant right like they might just start flexing their muscle flexing their their pocketbook i mean we know they're making money so they might just be ready to spend it uh with all this challenge from uh from mr rhodes but uh, mike i want to get your thoughts on that um and i know we have a lot of tidbits to go into but if anybody else wants to hear the other tidbits we've talked about go to bodpodcast.com go to brothers of discussion.com go to at bod podcast for twitter and the facebook uh we have our wonderful live facebook discussion group that uh i myself am still trying to figure out what what is what is this crazy group and i i, I came to some conclusions this week but i i think going forward we're gonna have a lot more fun a lot more opinions and a lot less deletions of posts so, so that's yeah matt hardy not welcome in the brothers of Correct. discussion facebook page <laughs> uh so with that um please go check all of those out if you are an avid listener to the podcast uh please go to wherever you're listening to the show and uh subscribe rate and review of course on apple podcasts that's the easy thing to do we've also uh recently joined spotify so uh find us wherever you listen to your podcasts uh just put us on play when you go to sleep and it'll help our rankings uh, we, you know greatly appreciate it uh help help us jump jump the rankings there uh that's brothers of discussion.com bodpodcast.com mike what so much to go through this week uh this is basically an emergency episode matt yeah i think the the opening quote about the trying times and going to war in the summer I, th I think that it's definitely inspired by the breaking news today. WWD announced that the pillars of the Attitude Era and the Monday Night Wars are going to be named executive directors of Raw and SmackDown, respectively. And those directors are Eric Bischoff and Paul Heyman. Woo! My God! 
Uh, this is the official press release from WWE.com and their executive roles. Heyman and Bischoff will oversee the creative development of the flagship programming and ensure tech and tech integration across all platforms and lines of business. The creation of these roles further establishes WWE's ability to continuously reinvent its global brand while providing two distinct creative processes for its flagship shows. And then they give a little bit of credentials here. They have a combined 30 years of experience in sports entertainment. Uh, Heyman was president, of course, of ECW from 93 to 2001, uh, securing pay-per-view distribution for the company as well as a national cable television deal with TNN. Woo! And then after ECW... Heyman joined WWE's creative team and is widely credited with helping launch the careers of many current and former WWE superstars. And then Bischoff, former WCW president and New York Times bestselling author. Uh, During his career in WCW, he oversaw the signing of some of the biggest names in sports entertainment and helped create and develop the NWO storyline. Obviously instrumental in securing a television deal for WCW Monday Nitro on TNT and... WCW Thunder on TBS. And then after WCW, Bischoff co-founded Bischoff Hervey Entertainment, a production company that launched TV reality shows and mobile games. So, this is a lot of experience coming back. Oh, yeah. Um, I love that in the press release, let me get the exact quote here. Uh, The roles of these gentlemen is to help with the continuous reinvention of the global brand uh, by revisiting the heyday <laughs> uh, <laughs> from the 90s. Um, yeah. Man, I, what were... So this is, this is monumental news. This this smells like they're trying to get all the names, all the cards lined up. You know, these are people they've had. Yeah. You know, ace in the hole. Uh, they're trying to get back in the game. They're hearing all this flack that their program is terrible. They're hearing all the social media talk. Um, do you think that this... Let's start off with this. You know, If you want to pull some examples for why or why not, um, why Bischoff and Heyman getting these uh, roles with heavy creative responsibility, is this a good move? I think it's a move that um is helping further define like who wwe wants to be going forward and depending on what you'd like to say you love most about pro wrestling might actually leave us in the dust and it all depends on what eric bischoff and paul Heyman see in pro wrestling so um basically to to give you the long the long story in the short version um uh, or turn it Turn it short. I, I think this is the WWE starting to to put uh, what do I want to say like the um, stamp down on what the brand is. Mike, they might be the old school wrestler's solution uh, to to looking for pro wrestling. So essentially, what I'm going to get at here uh, is that because they're they're making this claim that they they want to go to the uh, and you're saying this is a quote that they're going to the '90s heyday. Um, that definitely isn't a good thing in my eyes because we've talked about quite a bit like we wouldn't we wouldn't be here today without the attitude era there wouldn't be a brothers of discussion obviously you just look at the name right. of our of our brand but right. we if you go back and watch uh that programming it, it wasn't that creative they took a lot of risks but it was definitely something that was in line with you know the existence of the band show that was on comedy central 
not exactly the height of comedy, uh, but you can see the obvious parallels in the type of quote-unquote risks they took for television. Now, right. the, other, the flip side of this, so that's what I see on the surface. But we also have Paul Heyman, Eric Bischoff are considered good businessmen. Are either one of these guys the ones that are going to say the old way of doing pro wrestling, the old way of doing business is the right way? We don't know that yet. I think there's there's an argument to be made for either side. But do you think these guys are actually, you know, do you think that they're going to stick with the old way? Or are they savvy enough to know, like, that? that's not how you create growth. That's how you create short-term growth. You bring back an old audience, but then that old audience dies. So then what do you do? So I, I, I just, I, that's my question to you, Mike. Do you think these guys are stuck in the old days? Or are they savvy enough to know that what, you know, you have a new business come along well, and they're trying to be new th- for the new, the next generation? I think um, kind of going through some of their, you know, best and worst ideas ever. Um, I, like Bishop did have some real, real garbage. Yeah. Um, like he had the Road Wild pay per view because he's a he's a big motorcycle enthusiast, so he's basically giving away free shows to the biking community. Um, he gave away Hogan and Goldberg was on a free show instead of building that up to a pay per view. Um, he recycled NWO into uh, what was called Immortal and TNA. It was you know the same gimmick. Um, let's not forget that he also did uh, Aces and Eights, which had uh, the Dudley Boys kind of getting rebranded. He also recycled NWO with NWO, and there's the NWO <laughs> Wolfpack. Um, but, I mean, this guy, he had the balls to make Hulk Hogan a heel. Um, he created the NWO, which still people, you know, buy T-shirts for today. Um, and I, I still, hats off to him for, um, you know, kind of trying to keep the cruiserweight division on TV. Yeah. You know, that was almost like the first hour, you know, half hour, hour of the show every week on Nitro. Um, And then Heyman, you know, uh, his worst idea is obviously ECW went bankrupt. uh, Because he (laughs) kind of, his his tum-tum was a little, you know, not not quite what is matching his eyes, you know. But he he still came up with Stone Cold Steve Austin. He still gets a lot of credit for that. Um, Extreme wrestling, you know, with the cage matches, the fire, the weapons, um... And that helped kind of push wrestling from the cartoon era into something, you know, more dangerous. Something that's getting the attention of, you know, the demographics that they're looking for. Yeah, more, more adult, um, right? Exactly. And he also gets a lot of credit for being there for people like, um, you know, the CM Punks and the Brock Lesnar's of the world. So, yes, they both had their pluses and minuses. And I, I what I'm, what I know is that these guys will be confident in you know trying to get their ideas across but matt it it you know you could get shakespeare in that room but it the if you're if you're still doing exactly what vince mcmahon wants to do and he still gets to veto any decision that these two ideas are moot like we've tried we tried this already what was it uh, november december when they said Hey, we're sorry. The numbers are tanking because you guys deserve better. We're gonna make some big changes, and then not a whole lot changed. Right. Um, we flip flopped with GMs, and you know we still have GMs. We still have Baron Corbin as acting GM. Um, 
it looks like he's going to be, you know, trumped by, um, um, cause I think Heyman got raw. Um, so, you know, either Heyman or Bischoff is going to be, you know, able to, you know, book shows or have some creative input respectively for the program. So what we need, and it's, it's, this is cool cause we know these names, but if they'd also had some, you know, sort of writer who, you know, we're going to make him the head honcho and see what he does for a little while. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, if it still comes back and we still see, you know, like Vince McMahon type humor, um, you know, Vince McMahon pushing of certain characters. Um, I mean, we just saw 55, is a 55 year old undertaker now, uh, come to the aid of Roman Reigns when anybody could have, you know, filled that role. Um, maybe Miz most appropriately. Um, <laughs> somebody who's actually been feuding with shane mcmahon um that's what really matters it it's it gets our attention that they use these two names from that era but ultimately this this has to mean that at some point the old man vince you know he he got us here i you know nobody's ever gonna you know forget what he did for us with uh the stone cold steve austin storyline and so many others he created he created undertaker i mean He's a genius, but you know sometimes you gotta you gotta hang it up, and he's definitely given us a lot of ammunition. Um, that... As far as the mismanagement of NXT talent, um, the using you know part-time talent as a crutch every time there's a big pay-per-view coming around. Um, the only reason that we have a women's division is because the women were really wanting it, and because the crowd really was was chanting for it. This wasn't WWE acting of their own accord. Um, so hopefully this signals the real change that we thought we were getting, you know, years years ago. So, you know, finger, fingers crossed for that. Well, I guess, I mean, and the point you're bringing up, too, about Vince, um, you know, I think I think there's something to say that uh, something... Uh, this, I'm getting new ideas popping in my head as, as I want to make my point, but, um, you know, is it... Is it something that is a failure in our society that we need to reward the people that have had past success when, you know, instead of looking for the new idea and taking a chance and not not just taking a risk to say we're going to have a guy throw up middle fingers and we'll put boobies on TV. I mean, like, you know, okay. look for someone that's got a completely different idea and say yes to that. Like, that's, you know, that would be the risk taking. Um when we go back and just pay the person that has has earned it uh, because of their past, you know, uh, what do you want to say? Like, uh, it, let's take pro sports, for example. Um, you and I were talking about uh, free agents in the NHL and how many guys are going to get overpaid because of what they did last season or maybe a couple seasons ago. And really what you should do is take a look at what a players do at that age and, and adjust and say, well, based on how much you're probably going to produce, we're only going to pay you this much because you're getting older and we don't want to pay you more money when you're not in your prime. When, you know, you were younger and sca- you could skate quicker. I mean, just to focus on, on, on those kind of talents. But, um, you know, I think, I, th- I think that might be a failure in our society and, and we'll know more. You know, we'll know more when when uh, we see what these decisions are. Is is this an actual WWE decision, or is this something that's just for TV? You know, like 
Are there, is there actual decision making that's gonna change? Or do we just have two new faces that are gonna don, you know, our, our beautiful 50 inch television screens? Um, I, I just, there's a lot of things to unwrap and I keep thinking of new questions to ask, but we also, you know, we have a thousand other things to talk about in this episode, but I, I, I guess, I guess it's, it's, it was exciting to read. And it was very interesting. Interesting is the best word because there there are so many different ways to dissect it. But um, to say it's good or bad, I think we have to wait. Right. Um, I mean, it's it's just right now it's just newsworthy. Um, mm-hmm. But we got to see what what actually comes of it. And I I know you put in the sports side, but the other thing that I want to touch on is um, you know the sports entertainment side. You know, like the great. The great TV shows, um, you know, I'm talking like Breaking Bad, Mad Men, Game of Thrones. Yeah. <clears throat> as much as there was a showrunner, you know, like the, the Vince Gilligans, the Anthony Wieners, you know, the Benioff and Weiss, um, you know, those guys did not write and direct every single episode. So you do want to have somebody ultimately making overarching decisions based on where, you know, maybe a storyline's going to go, but... It feels like too much of you know like one guy's opinions, and I'm I'm hoping what this is is, um, you know like the guest spots that that make, um, you know a more well-rounded product. So hopefully that's hopefully that's what we get out of all this. Um, but yeah, we we can move on and you know because we got to wait for Monday to come around to see exactly what these roles entitle uh entail, and then. You know, see how Monday and Tuesday are booked. Um, yeah. You know, see if there is any any real noticeable difference, like in the matches, I mean, match types. I don't. Um, I don't know if you want to jump in and play this game, but I'll, I'll say right away. I mean, to for me to know that this actually means a thing, um, I put it in our Facebook group. So of course, if anybody is looking for a Facebook Facebook group to join, go to the Brothers of Discussion Live Wrestling Discussion page. Uh, and, and if you were already a fan, you would have already seen this. But uh, I brought up these signings, and I said, what I want to see on Monday is Paul Heyman come out and yell at Shane McMahon for being like a little boy playing with his toys and to get off the stage and let the real pro wrestlers take over. Like, if they did that, then I'd go, okay, there's there's actual change here. But if 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 they're just coming in and now, I don't know, we're gonna get an extra long ricochet match once a week. That's good. But if the main event is still me watching Shane McMahon do his shadow boxing, I, I'm I'm done. You know, like it, it means nothing. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how many more of these maneuvers they have up their sleeves. I mean, you know, these guys are gonna start dying off, and I don't know how many more guys they can pluck out of you know. 1996 97 98 99 i mean we're gonna get to the point where they're gonna be asking uh you know like glacier to be the gm of smackdown or something <laughs> like that um but yeah um we gotta we gotta you know hold tight but you know this is definitely some pretty big breaking news um i mean right right off the heels of a, a puzzling decision to have the undertaker come to the aid of roman reigns who last time they fought each other reigns basically tried to retire the undertaker at wrestlemania um and i i believe if I'm not mistaken isn't that when undertaker left his his gloves or his hat in the ring after that loss yeah that's when undertaker retired 
the first the first time i i don't know um you you just you can't write a good story in pro wrestling anymore because uh the talent doesn't even want to hang you know like they don't even want to hold on to a good story uh when there's enough money yeah fuck it i'll come back uh when your company's failing fuck the story you can just have them come back (laughs) it never ends um yeah, that I mean, like I don't know if the theme for this is uh, again. I, I brought it up at the top of the show. Is is the theme here? So we're talking about Eric Bischoff and Paul Heyman. Now we're talking about the Undertaker coming back again and helping Roman Reigns, which would be out of character or out of storyline from him right. being retired and <clears throat> getting beaten by Roman. Uh, this being Roman's house now. Uh, I, I don't know if or his yard. That's what I meant to say. Um, yeah, you know, is this is this stinking of desperation, or is it the WWE flexing their guns, saying, you know what, we have the Undertaker, let's pay him to come out. We know it's not going to be the best wrestling product, but people are going to tune in to watch the Undertaker, and they're going to tune in to, you know, like not every person. So don't get me wrong, but people are going to tune in to see the Undertaker over watching another wrestling product like AEW or New Japan. I, I don't know right. if I'm that person. I know I rolled my eyes when I saw The Undertaker. But there's a lot of people out there that this, this you know, moves moves the needle. Well, as far as getting people who, you know, might be changing the channel, um, one area where WWE, it definitely feels like they have some confidence, some success, um, is, is their version of independent wrestling. So they feel really good about NXT. Um, it did so well. They opened up NXT UK. Um, you know they're expanding those products now. They you know used to have just a, a home base, and so now they're able to travel because the tickets sales are so strong. Um, and this week they they made a really puzzling decision, Matt. Uh, basically, evolve wrestling, which I think if you look back at previous cards, it's basically a, a who's who of AEW. Uh, what? They're gonna have Evolve's tenth anniversary broadcast yeah. on the WWE Network, yeah. which is fine. You know, a lot of people are really pumped about that. But they're celebrating the tenth anniversary of something that started in 2010 here in 2019. <laughs> and let me do the math there. That is a nine-year gap uh, where we're celebrating a ten-year anniversary. Yay. So you try to figure out uh, what's uh, what's going on between the lines here, and we find out that it's the same night as Fight for the Fallen, which is a charity event. <laughs> the proceeds of which are going to charity from AEW. And Matt, I didn't see this quote because I guess the tweet had already been removed. But if you want to read this out to us from Kenny Omega responding, right. To this news that Evolve's fake 10-year anniversary is going to be on the same night as Fight for the Fallen. Right. And I'd have to confess, too, I've only seen this posted on memes, but I've seen it a lot. But it was, uh, so I I didn't actually get to see it either on Kenny's account. But Kenny says, if lining your pockets with blood money is okay, then what's wrong with trying to undermine a charity show for victims of gun violence? I hear that healthy competition is supposed to be a good thing. And yet I can't help but feel like I'm going to be sick. Um, 
it's sort of wordy and and kind of confusing to read but um <laughs> i mean that's what i've thought since i've read this 20 times but uh, you know essentially kenny's uh bringing up a point that it depends like you can interpret it so many different ways if you're a wwe fan you're reading this and it looks like the little kid who didn't get a chance to play with the new toy and he's just you know he's now he's complaining about it uh, because the kid who brought the toy or who owns all the toys uh got it first and he never gave it up um then there's the human way to look at it uh well i mean essentially you're, you're saying like kenny omega is now whining even though this is like business this is competition um you know then the human way to look at it is maybe the wwe knows how successful they are maybe don't schedule a network special on the same night as a charity event as a charity event um and of course then you start to you know which which side do you want to be on and is it is it really bad to just um acknowledge the fact that the wwe again could just be flexing their muscle here that maybe it's not desperation maybe they're not being bags of dicks i don't know if i would have posted the kenny omega quote into our show notes if i was a hundred percent on the side of wwe on this one um but it, i can acknowledge there are so many different ways to to dissect this i i'm gonna say now that we've brought up paul Heyman and bischoff the undertaker and now evolve and let's not forget the nxt uk show which is also on the same day of uh the next uh chicago aew pay-per-view um coincidental i think we know at this point it's not all of this wrapped together i think what we're looking at is the wwe is for sure for sure either recognizing that aew is a real threat or that their their product is so bad that they needed to change their the way that they were thinking that they couldn't they couldn't just let aew have shows they couldn't just not spend money on like a, a, a director or whatever we're gonna call you know paul Heyman and uh and eric bischoff like like those decisions needed to be put you know if you're if you're looking at the the uh, you know the dial going from one to ten they needed to turn it to eleven because they need to start spending more money. They need to spend more money to bring more eyes to their product and at the same time put on a better show. And, um, you know, I think I think these are the decisions that are in line with that strategy. And especially when you have the money. Like, why would Coca-Cola ever let another cola get bigger than them? They wouldn't. They would just, you know, uh, shush them out with more what? money and more ads. And, of course their same great coke taste i hate that omega deleted the tweet i hate it um i i'm sure some aew publicists said hey we don't want to you know be shining a light on that other company and it's you know not necessarily great publicity for us if we can come off as um you know uh, petty and irritated but I think if they'd left that tweet up, yeah. it would have, again, opened the door for more ridicule for WWE because I don't know how many people are actually going to make that connection. Um, 
you know, that Fight for the Fallen is a charity event, and that all of a sudden we're doing a fake Evolve 10th anniversary for a, a promotion that's nine years old. Yeah. Um, <laughs> because of those those facts, you know, that makes WWE, you know, look kind of ridiculous for Brothers of Discussion, but, you know, outside of that, how, how many other people are actually going to be paying attention? So... I think the difference between, you know, like WWE, WCW, that, you know, the Monday Night Wars versus now is, you know, now it's now it's a lot easier to kind of spread information, right? Yeah. So you can kind of see where uh, AEW could, could could look like the, the ethical wrestling promotion where WWE is not. Like, I can't imagine a time, you know, before the internet where you would even fathom, you know, what a... Uh, you know, an awful, awful um, contract was signed with Saudi Arabia. Um, you know, how we never see the female wrestlers. Um, there's certain wrestlers, depending on their religious affiliations, they're not even allowed to compete. Um, but WWE gets a, a fat chunk of money. So much money, they bring wrestlers who they've written out, off, off the show, <laughs> like Shawn Michaels and Undertaker. Yeah. They're gone. They're done. But it's such a, a gross, disgusting, obnoxious amount of money that all that stuff, they'll put it away. Uh, the same year we did the women's, um, you know, uh, Evolution pay-per-view. You know, we killed storyline-wise that Shawn Michaels and Undertaker, right? Although, and it's it's so stupid to even put those in the same sentence because, you know, the, the way they've treated women in wrestling is much worse. But I'm just saying... The way those things are treated, they're on the same level. Yeah. Right? In WWE's eyes. So, all that stuff down the toilet. And... If we didn't... If if this isn't the same as WCW. So, I, I think this is a spot, again, where you can kind of see Vince McMahon being old. Where it's like he, he doesn't realize that his company is able to have eyes on it now in a, in a negative light. Because this isn't just a, a dirt sheet that somebody prints in a wrestling magazine that you only get, you know, down south. This is everywhere. This is something that's trending. You know, this is something that's it's easily researchable, you know, by anybody. And they, if with with two seconds of effort, you can get this information. So, I get that WWE kind of wants to, you know, put their, you know, put their foot down and you know, try to to squash out this competitor, but. I think they got to be really careful with moves like this because they're they're going to lose a lot of, um, um, you know that that good PR. You know where they're they're patting themselves on the back for you know like cancer awareness or their Make a Wish efforts. Because um, what we're going to start to see more and more, and it's something that's it's not new news, but it's just something that we haven't really had to dissect before. It's um, the performers are doing that stuff, not the company. So the company's just trying to get goodwill, you know, for itself. But, you know, people like John Cena are actually doing that, taking the time out of their lives to go do that. Yeah. So they got, I think they got to be really careful with stuff like this because they're going to start to look like, you know, the Goliath that nobody wants to root for. And, you know, we're, we're starting to see it, you know, because we want to make those connections to other entertainments, right? Um, 
so like if you look at you know like netflix right they had uh the rights to the office and statistically it was one of the most watched shows ever um nbc universe made a huge bid and they they want to start their own streaming network and they think that they're going to be able to get back on top by getting the office so this is this is their big (laughs) you know wwe signing and this is something that's going to make you think twice about well should i pay for you know the one that's a little bit more expensive or pay for what i want and I know we're not quite at the moral grounds of, you know, going between Netflix and NBC Universe, but I'm just saying that with the internet now, WWE's got to be so careful because it's going to be easier for people to leave. So you keep doing things like this, and it keeps getting on people's nerves, and they see that there are other options that maybe don't even cost as much, that don't make you question your own moral integrity, you're going to say goodbye to this company. Yep. And and I know especially especially after the inevitable fall of the XFL reboot because it's it's gonna happen. And I know like um, like this is this is more like the statement that needs to be made um, maybe like a PSA from the brothers of discussion. But we do have a ton of fans of the WWE hardcore fans in our in our group uh, of followers. Um, we're not we're not saying this stuff to. Uh, what do I want to put? How do I want to say this? Um, like I'm excited that AEW exists, and I think you, you, anybody who's listened to the show the last few weeks uh, can can hear that in my voice. But um, we're not making any of this stuff up about the WWE. We are only talking facts, and there, you know, there's an idea here for us to continue to talk about like the booking decisions, who won, who lost, but. There, there's also this business aspect of it, and the, the, the bringing up the moral dilemma here and in, in what the WWE decides to do, um, I, I think is, is, is extremely important. And we're not necessarily being negative for the sake of hurting the WWE. I think the WWE is just hurting themselves by doing these negative things. And we're only saying that they happened. You, the viewer of the WWE, needs to decide... Is this too much? Is this too much well, I mean, like, for, for you to keep watching? We've we've pretty much all decided as a society that uh, former beloved TV personality, Bill Cosby, is gone. He's a pariah now. Yep. Um, nobody wants to go see him and perform. Nobody wants to hear him speak because he's, you know, still alleged to have, you know, hurt a lot of people. Yep. So WWE is still able to hide behind the WWE company, right? And we're not actually just blaming Vince for taking Saudi Arabian money. WWE did it because it was an offer you couldn't turn down. But WWE is led by people. So it's like, how how many more excuses are we going to make for this company where we just keep watching even after they ignore our wishes for booking, after they ignore our wishes to, you know, use some sort of, a moral standard when signing agreements to have wrestlers perform i mean there's only so much you can take and i i it's i know it's brass balls that get you even to this point where you are a you know billion dollar company that you know trades on wall street but i think they're gonna find out the hard way that if they if they don't make changes there's other options and and we're going to find them because it's it's so much easier to have, you know, a rival company pop up 
Yeah, and I th- so, I, I think the, the, the best question for all wrestling fans to ask themselves is that if the same show was on another channel, maybe it was only online, but it was run by somebody else, written by somebody else, like, I mean, but the same storylines were getting crapped out. Are you still going to watch it? Or if it's not dubbed WWE, are you not watching it? I think that's a that's a major question for everybody to answer. I'm that person. Right? Mike, could I deny that? No. I'm that person. I watch all the WWE programming. So I I think what I see is a flaw in that, in that decision making, because I, I give all credit to like the WWE before I start trying something different. And um, again, I'll bring up trying one thing different, which was AEW I, I thoroughly enjoyed. So, I think I think that's something uh, like the rest of all the hardcore WWE fans need to to acknowledge in themselves. Um, and I, I think it's just a healthy acknowledgement is, is to start like it, it's starting like that next step, you know, like uh, starting to to realize maybe you have been making some some poor choices, or maybe it's time to start being more critical of the WWE, not necessarily leaving them, but making your voice heard that you're not happy that there's decisions coming down that hurt other people. Like, um, we're not talking about the pockets of Cody Rhodes, by the way. I don't care if right. any of them make money. <laughs> we're talking about the lesser then. Um, so I- I'll leave it at that. Um, I think, Mike, if you had to put a stamp on it, so our tidbits today was pretty much about is the wwe is it desperation is it savvy business making decisions or is it something different is there a stamp that you're comfortable putting on this uh i mean i it's you know with all these wwe big you know big announcements it's 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 always a wait and see um you know, <laughs> every you, you can never just react to something that you know happens in, instantly. You gotta kind of let it marinate and see what the aftermath is. Yeah. Um, so I guess because we're doing that with WWE booking, I th- I think that maybe they should also do the same. So before taking the Saudi Arabian Scrooge McDuck's money, and you know ostracizing half your roster because you can't bring women or people who worship certain religions in Saudi Arabia or you know making what in their mind is a safe booking decision by putting in an established part-time veteran instead of trying to figure out a way to book somebody like you know Drew McIntyre for example (laughs) Uh, I just wish they could take a step back and wait a second and then react and not do these you know seeming seemingly panicked maneuvers you know a la undertaker in a wildly unexpected wildly uh storyline wise inappropriate um return to rescue his former nemesis roman reigns so (laughs) with absolutely nothing leading up to it right um 
So, but I think uh, one thing that I think that we can segue off of this, Matt, yeah. is it's it's a lot to talk about. It's a lot to digest um, because of the implications. I think uh, just kind of one quick little pivot here, as far as as wrestling goes. Um, I think WWE has been getting a lot of flack, undeservedly, for the in rest in ring product. And I think if you want to complain about the storylines, I'm right there with you. Um, you want to complain about you know the shows being too long? You got about what nine, ten hours of fresh wrestling every week that you gotta you know be up to date with. Um, I'll give you that. Yeah. But stomping grounds, I I kind of enjoyed it. I know that you know it's a pay-per-view right so that means you don't really have to worry so much about storylines this is just you know the aftermath of the storyline yeah this is the culmination um and actually matt i, th- I think there's matches i'm gonna revisit um mainly because remarks for uh, heavy machinery uh finally getting a chance to showcase themselves on a pay-per-view um they had their first tag match right against uh the planet's champions of rowan and daniel bryan <laughs> and um no, I just, I just think that, you know, maybe not necessarily watch the whole thing from start to finish. You know, there's so much wrestling content. You, you know, I I don't know if I'm ever going to rewatch the matches I set out that I want to rewatch. But um, I'm just saying if you sit there for a couple hours, and especially with the way they did the start time at 7 p.m., I'm, I'm really digging that. Um, there's some really damn good fighting on the card, Matt. Um yeah, I think some people rolled their eyes at the Corbin and Rollins match, but I'd say that was most one of the most watchable Corbin matches I've ever seen. Um, I thought the finish for uh, the Kofi Kingston cage match was really good. Um, I thought the Roman Reigns McIntyre match was really strong, and uh, I'm not ever going to complain about seeing Heavy Machinery in a tag team title match. That was that was really fun, and it seemed like. They were in an impossible situation because they were in Washington, Daniel Bryan's home, you know, literally down the street. And uh, he was getting the yes chance, he was getting the hero's welcome, but God be damned, Daniel Bryan still managed to get Otis uh, some a positive reaction. So, I, I mean, if you want to watch just a, a real wizard in the ring, it's Daniel Bryan. And he definitely gave the rub to our boys, Heavy Machinery. I can't wait to get my t-shirt i'm back in the game matt <laughs> i know we're we're pushing already you know a pretty long show here um there's a lot if to you talk just had about. to give maybe a tweet length review or something you liked about stomping grounds let maybe <laughs> let me know if i'm off my rocker yeah, yeah you just um, went like five think? minutes on stomping grounds how come i only get 140 characters what the hell well well matt uh the show's wrapping up so uh <laughs> 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 i don't know if you want to say anything today no i Mike, I uh, I tuned in to one of our rival podcasts today, and, um, you know, damn them, they have 10,000 followers, and they have a bunch of people tweeting in to their show, and they're broadcasting live, and I listened to this guy, hem and haw, um, uh, duh, the whole time, couldn't finish a single thought, and it just drove me insane, but we're driving home with my wife, we just watched a movie, and I'm like, listen to this idiot, he hasn't finished a single thought, and of course... I'm trying to close out of the stupid Twitter, you know, watch a live show. And when you miss the X, you like the thing you just watched. So I'm furious about that. But the guy said <laughs> he's a huge New Japan fan, Mike. He's super cool and he likes AEW. So he's 
Oh, man, he's he's really with it. He knows what's going on in pro wrestling. And then he goes, man, I'm not going to watch Stomping Grounds. I, I'm not going to waste a minute on that. I mean, when your show ends with Baron Corbin, that's all you need to know. And it's like, what a fool. What a moron. And this guy has five times the followers of us. And he's not just going to watch a pro wrestling show. That had a damn good ending. Da- you know, yeah. I'll, I'll be honest. When I saw Lacey coming out, I was angry. Um, cause I, I, I am getting a little sick of Lacey being on my TV, but for them to actually execute it is, is something that's pretty rare. You know, like they executed the plan to perfection. I think we all knew at some point Becky was going to come out. And even when we all knew it was going to happen, that arena still exploded. Like it, it wasn't, right. there wasn't a single person in that building that was like, Oh, whoa, Becky's here. No, of course she's coming out. But they did it great. They did such a great job nailing that. And and like you said, I, we don't want to spend too much time on stomping grounds. You're doing yourself a disservice not watching this, it, especially if you if you have the network and you're not watching this. I don't know. I don't know what your deal is. I don't know how this other show. <laughs> that's, has that's 10, not hurting followers. WWE. Yeah, I mean, right. I'm just butt hurt that we don't have ten thousand followers. I think that's pretty obvious right now. You know what? I I. And real quick, because because you got my mind rolling here, just I'm not gonna die on this hill, but I'll, I'll fight on it for like a half an hour. I don't think Baron Corbin's as bad as people say. No, he's not. Like he gets a lot of dog shit promos that he's got to go out there and say in front of real people in a camera, and he still manages to say it, and he doesn't turn red cheeked. He he, geez, he soldiers through. If there's ever been a wrestler who can soldier through bullshit, it's Baron Corbin. And I'm gonna be honest, I kind of, I'm not. I, I like his finisher, the uh, I can't even think of what it's called because I like the prelude to it, the Deep Six, oh. where it's kind of like a blue blue thunder bomb, but <laughs> uh, it's kind of his own take on it. Yeah. Um, what's um, sad is I was gonna say the Deep Six, so. Um, look, I just ran down another, Mike, I just ran down another podcast, and now you're making me Google search Baron Corbin. <laughs> this is not how you bring up a he's wrestler's finisher. He's got a wrestle finisher. in long pants and, like, a magician's vest. Uh, he's got dog shit promos. Nobody <laughs> likes him. Uh, and I think that he, he doesn't get enough credit. He's in a, he's not in an enviable position. Um with what he's got to deliver every week but I, I think he does a damn good job of it he had ridiculous hair he had a weird belly button and he overcame it all shaved his head and put on a magician's vest and now he's the <laughs> one of the bigger heels on monday night raw every week um so i still don't know why don't i just search his finisher let's do that oh end of days end of days yeah. there it is which I like, but you know, it's it's one of those that you know you and I are not uh, big on because it requires a lot of effort from uh, your opponent. Because you kind of you gotta have core strength to kind of kick yourself up and then smash yourself in the face um, <laughs> in the mat. Uh, but Deep Six is you know a lot of Baron Corbin spinning you on your you know up in the air and then he you know gives you a nice splat on the mat. Uh, so I I think it's pretty cool. So again, I'm not gonna die on the hill. He's you know not you know on my Rushmore of wrestlers. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I'll, I'll fight for half an hour. And I'll slap some people around and, you know, run away in fear. So, yeah, Corbin, good job, sir. Good job. Yeah, and don't, you know, don't forget the New Day. Um, a, a 
against uh, Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. I, I mean, that was fun to watch. Uh, and I, I like I like what's brewing there too. Um, and I just I, I think we saw some some good old fashioned Alexa Bliss on Sunday too. And if you don't understand what her gimmick is, but then you sit there and watch, uh, you know. The, the AEW uh, women's matches were fantastic, but I, I don't see how you don't, like, you can't see the parallels, like, what, what's going on there. It's a mix of athleticism and then a bratty, you know, should, you know, would-be champion kind of thing. It's, it's fantastic. It's just a, it's a different character. If you're complaining about Alexa Bliss and how she's been booked, I don't know. She doesn't have the title now, so you can't complain about it. Uh, let's let's uh, you know. Let's move on. I'm, I'm gonna get too butthurt yeah. about people you have, uh, uh... ragging on this pay per view, but it, it is worth a watch. Um, and, and it's one uh, you know we'll we'll figure out what we're gonna go back and watch a year from now. But what? Hey, Matt. Uh, do you have? Because I know we want to touch on the AEW pay per view, um, even though it's a free per view. I guess F. PV. I called it a major um, show. A major, major, major influence on me. Uh, did you want to do a uh, two truths and a lie? I'm, I'm kind of itching to get off the schneid here. Do you have any setup for us? Um, <laughs> no. <laughs> Just uh, get a couple uh, truths and a lie going. Just uh, fire those up in the old truth and lie uh, generator. Is this the week we um, finally go through the one with the, it's, uh, what is it, eight weeks old now? Yeah. Oh, man. I wish you had told me that you wanted to do this. I did, I told you last week that I, I didn't have any lined up. Uh, we were running low, so here we are again. Um, so you have zero ready? No, I have them. I have two, and they're both ones. All right, what are the two? Oh, my God. I, let me mark down when this is starting so I can delete it. Um... We have six weeks old, <laughs> and we have mixed bag. Ooh. All right, I want mixed bag. I want that six-week one to keep rolling. Oh, shit. All right. I, I want to save it for a special event. <laughs> well, now like it's, when Heavy Machinery wins the tag title. It's seven weeks old. Um, oh, my God. Wait, we can't even do this because I have a money in the bank thing in, in here. Because they're so old! They're so old! <laughs> Maybe I still won't figure it out. You never know. Uh, I think you would. <laughs> I, this, is, this is not how producing a show is supposed to work. Hey, Matt, you know that segment that's not in our show notes anyway? I saw you always had him in the chamber, Matt. I thought you had a loaded gun in your dresser. I thought you were ready to roll. Jesus Christ. I just came lumbering in the window, and now I'm... Well, I did. Give me a tickle, tickle. Fest. I had my new game that was called Chant Mo Movie George Bailey. That was gonna be. Hey, like, uh... there we go. Let's do that. Yeah. What the hell? Why didn't you say that? I have. I. I don't know. I can't keep track of all these games, man. Like... You're just Milton Bradley over there. I have Nobody knows what. Eight rounds ready to go for this other game. <laughs> all right, man. Let's let's bust out your new game here, and then uh, we'll wrap up with some AEW. How about that? All right. So it's called Champ Movie. George Bailey. It's uh, kind of like fuck Mary Kill, um, but uh, we're gonna we're gonna make someone the champ, Mike. We're gonna put one person into a movie, and one person mm -hmm. will be the new George Bailey. Now, if you don't know who George Bailey is, 
go ahead and watch It's a Wonderful Life. So basically what we're going to do is make it like this person, Mike, does not exist. Ooh. All right, so I'm going to give you three pro wrestlers again. You're going to pick uh, who is going to be your champ, who are you sending to the movies, and who will Would never exist. Send them to the movies. Yeah, they're going to be the star. That... They're going to be the star of a, of a so WWE studio. So they're going to be in the Marine 8. They could do that. Um, you could make the argument, if you like, that they're going to be The Rock. I feel like that would be a little bit more fun. So who's who's the next person to be the major WWE pro wrestling super, you know, super megastar? Okay, a, a cross uh, transcendent superstar of the silver screen. You got it. And some of these are going to hurt mm. because you're going to have to make someone disappear, and I didn't necessarily make it easy. Ooh. All right. Well, hopefully I can win at this game. I think I can because it doesn't seem like I can lose. No, you can't but lose, but it's still a fun game to play. And then it's, it's a game everybody can play at home because there's no real answer. All right. All right. I got, I'm going to start and give you... I'm buckled in. I'm going to give you three different categories here, Mike. And you're going to tell me which one you okay. want, and then I'm going to give you three wrestlers based off that category. Mike, first ca Mix bag. <laughs> first category... Uh, it's called Mixed Bag, but in parentheses, it's called 10 Plus Years. Mm. Number two is called Undisputed. Oh. <laughs> Number three is called Big. <laughs> oh, I'm going. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> I'm going to pick Big. All right. Big, big, big. <laughs> All right, Mike. So your three superstars are Lars Sullivan. Braun Strowman and Keith Lee. Mike, who's going to be your main event champ? Who's going to be a movie superstar? And who will never exist? And you can take a moment. You can you can hem and haw. No, I'm ready. Okay. I'm All ready. right. I, I've, I have enough hem haw time that Keith Lee will be the silver screen Superstar, and we will all be able to bask in his glory. I like that. <laughs> I think he's got the charisma. I think he's going to bowl over I... zombies in a movie. He's going to be the next Ving Rhames. I think he's ready. I thought uh, I thought you'd go the easy route, and since he was like not really getting much time on TV, you were going to George Bailey him. So this will be interesting. You've got uh, a new champ and a George Bailey left. Ooh, so we have a George Bailey. Somebody wants to go away forever. Forever. A champion. Now, I think this is going to surprise some people. But, I think that Braun Strowman should George Bailey. Oh, no! I thought you were going to pick Lars, just for the sake of... Of all of his past mistakes, we just make it like they never happened. No. <laughs> that's, that's too easy. Because you know what? He made he may have made mistakes, but I didn't when I fell in love with the Leviathan. Because he's going to be our next champion. Woo! Woo! Wow. Um, now, I probably need to justify these decisions. Um, well, I like your Keith Lee, so... Yeah, well, with Braun, I, I've... I don't know. They've they've ruined him so much. Um, I, I feel like he's kind of one note at this point. Um, 
I, I don't need to see him as the champ. But the Leviathan, in addition to being a, a monstrous, ghoulish, frightening character, is also, uh, you know, his, his past mistakes on workout websites aside, uh, a pretty articulate, um, uh, well-spoken man. So okay. I, I would like to see where he goes from here. So I would prefer to see him as the champ than Braun Strowman. I'm gonna get these hands. <laughs> well, I, I think if I if I was gonna play, I, I think you really convinced me on Keith Lee for going to the movies. So I, I, I am just gonna flip-flop. I'll make Braun my champion, finally. And uh, poor Lars, he's gone forever. So let's, uh, you wanna queue up another one? Yeah, let's do one more. All right. We got, we got a minute here. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm, we're, we're going to go, uh, we'll still have 10 plus. We'll still have Undisputed, but I'm also going to add one similar to Undisputed. Uh, with, you know, doesn't uh, <laughs> overlap any wrestlers. But uh, NXT. So you've got 10 plus I'm... years NXT and Undisputed. I have a feeling I know what 10 years is. But let's see if I was correct in my assumption. Matt, give me 10 years. All right. You've got the show-off, Dolph Ziggler, Kofi Kingston, and The Miz. And now that I'm reading this, there may be a slight flaw in having Kofi Kingston in this list. Well, let's roll with it. <laughs> Woo-wee! Yeah, he may have been the yeah. champion. <laughs> but that just means, let's just say it means champion going forward. Yeah, um, I think so that's the decision I made. Um... Well, I mean, they've all been the champions, so we're talking, yeah, who's who's your champion? I think that I'm going to make my champion be Dolph Ziggler. Nice. Oh, no. Um, not, only, not only am I pandering to the other brother of discussion, I think <laughs> that this decision is something that we all... Like, tectonic plates moved with how hard people cheered back in 2013 when Dolph cashed in his Money in the Bank contract against Alberto Del Rio. Um, I think some uh, ghastly misbooking has gotten Dolph to where he is today. And I, I think if I was running a show, I could make Dolph... It should have been me! It should have been me! I think that we could have made that storyline work. Now, as for movie star... Matt, obviously the Marines 4, 5, and 6 were just... <laughs> they were a real thespian honing his craft. Like 3 and 4, you could see him kind of getting his momentum, but Marine 5 is where the Miz really teed off and showed Hollywood what he was all about. And that means, Kofi... You're my George Bailey. I'm Aww. sorry. I really thought you were leading into the Miz being your nope. George Bailey. <laughs> nope. Nope. Uh, Kofi, I'm sorry. I don't get it. I mean, you're athletic. That's it for me. Uh, I'd rather see the other 66% of New Day become champion instead of you, my friend. I'm sorry. It's a beautiful gesture. I appreciate the effort. Um, you've made some great Royal Rumble moments. But I think when Vince McMahon called you out and called you a B-plus player, I nodded my head in agreement. Aww. So, I, I'm sorry. No, I... I love Big E and I, Xavier. I think they have the, the superstar charisma, and I would pick them over you. I'm sorry. 
No, I'll, I'll play right now. These are tough decisions. They're tough decisions. I've, I've, that's that's wrong. Mine would line up the exact same way. So <laughs> that, that part of the game wasn't fun, but... <laughs> nope. Brothers of Agreement. Yeah, Here they are, so another episode where two guys just think they're both really smart because they agree on everything. Yeah, it's discussion, not disagreement. So that's... <laughs> <laughs> you knew, you guys knew going in. Like, we didn't change the name of the show. So that was All that right. was our new game. Why don't you guys tell us online, did you like Two Rumors and a Lie better, or do you like Champ Movie George Bailey, only because uh, y'all get to play at home. So, well, I guess you could play at home, too, with Two Rumors and a Lie, but, uh, you know, there's an actual answer, and then it's all done. But, uh, yeah, if you guys want to play, send us uh, who you think should be uh, Champ Movie or George Bailey, uh, with, uh, you've got Dolph Ziggler, Kofi Kingston, and The Miz, and then, of course, you've got The Bigs, Lars Sullivan, Braun Strowman, and Keith Lee. Uh, let, let's move on, Mike, if you're ready. Also, you know, I do have more if you want to keep playing, because that, 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 that's way more fun. Well, we're pushing, uh, we're pushing an hour here. Let's, yeah. <laughs> uh, let's see if we can get through AEW Fighter Fest. So let me, let me throw this out there. Fighter Fest is going to be in Daytona, uh, on June 29th. It's going to be available to stream for free on Bleacher Report Live. And the card starts at 8.30. That's your first sign there, Mike, that this is not a huge show. It would be 8 o'clock or 7 o'clock if it was. And what do I mean by right. that? I mean, this, Mike, this is going to be a glorified house show. Um, we don't have a lot of background in these matches. And I would like to call out one major thing as we go through this card. Um, and, and, of course, we'll go through our victors here. But the first match I want to talk about is Joey Janela versus John Moxley. And the thing we now have to worry about, Mike, is Bleacher Report and their AEW propaganda. So, what have I said throughout this show, Mike? I'm a fan of AEW. Of WWE as well. Um, but I, I am a fan of AEW, and I really like the first show. However, Bleacher Report reported... <laughs> that's redundant. Uh, that uh, the, this John Moxley and Joey Janela feud started by a stolen cigarette and you can go ahead and watch the video if you go to the aew youtube pages or you go to bleacher report you can watch it joey janella walks into the locker room lights it up and then john moxley takes the cigarette out of his mouth out of joey janella's mouth takes a puff flicks the cigarette up in the air walks off screen bleacher hmm. report went on to describe all of the different things that dean ambrose has hated doing in wwe and then said, it's good to see him finally in an adult program. Now, if they were being sarcastic, <laughs> good for them. I don't think they were being sarcastic. Mike, I think this is ridiculous that Bleacher Report called this out as, like, John Moxley finally getting an adult storyline. I think this is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> and I just need, if we're going to give, if we're going to shit is... on WWE for all their yeah. poor booking decisions... This is dog shit if I've ever sniffed it. Um, this, I want you to just, this is, mwah, this is a golden nugget. I want you to keep it in your back pocket, okay? Yeah. Anytime somebody, you know, makes a, makes a, makes a mess, makes a dig at WWE storylines, you just, you just pop this one out, okay? Uh -huh. <laughs> That's all I want. a cigarette, Mike, and they're going to fight about it. He's, he's really angry. Okay, so uh, I'm taking John Moxley. I think Joey Janela proved in the, um, uh, the whatchamacallit, the Battle Royal, that he's not quite ready to... Uh, he's not getting the push. Maybe he's the greatest wrestler of all time. This is Moxley's first match. Yeah. He's going to win. He's getting the win. Come on. All right. Um, so do you want to go do number two, or do you want me to keep rolling? 
Yeah, we got uh, the Elite, who, of course, Kenny Omega and Young Bucks versus the Lucha Brothers and a partner yet to be announced. Another interesting story in the background here. It was uh, supposed um, to be Pac. Yeah, apparently it was supposed to be Pac, <laughs> and that asshole is just, he's just done. <laughs> I don't where are you going to wrestle, man? You can't say bye to one and two, you know, as far as options go. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I think it would have been kind of a clunky Lucha Brothers uh, combination with Pac. I don't know, because I think Pac's better just in a one-on-one match. I, I don't want him to get drowned out in a tag match. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I know I know you wanted to you wanted me to pick anyone on earth to tag with the Lucha Brothers. Can they already be signed uh, somewhere? I, I wanted to play that game. Anybody on Earth, Mike, makes a surprise appearance. Well. I got, I'm going to say that a, a person who, if they showed up and then they made big bucks with AEW because... I'm the only person I can... I don't have any friends I could talk to about El Ligero on NXT UK, but God damn it, if I ever did, <laughs> that's who I'd put in that Lucha Brothers match because he's he's awesome, and he's got a crazy mask. I can't believe he wrestles with a, a bull mask, a bull luchador mask, and makes it look competent. Like, you know, we give Bianca Belair a lot of grief because she's always got to drag her po- you know, massive ponytail all over this crazy bastard's got a, 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 a dead cow hanging off his head, and he still manages to hit 619s and leapfrogs and springboards and moonsaults. This guy is incredible. So I'm putting El Ligero in there. Matt, you got to top El Ligero. I well, I, Lead, the lead's luchador. I had it I had it planned where I was just going to go uh, Shane McMahon, but now you've got me. Like, yeah! I, I want to pick. I'm going to acknowledge that that wasn't going to be as funny as I thought. But when Noah Abdar was fighting Ligero this week and he twisted the horn in mid-match, oh, my God, <laughs> that was one of the best <laughs> wrestling moves I've ever seen. Like, what yeah. was he thinking there? Either that was a mistake or that was just for me, and he did want it to look like he was hurting Ligero by twisting his horn. Um, oh, my horn! El Horno! <laughs> I mean, it would be cool to get like uh, like the real Sin Cara or something like that. Um, but I, I think when it comes to winners and losers, um, I think it's obviously going to be the elite. Are we right? Like, is Kenny Omega going to keep losing? I think he's on a streak now of like four straight matches or something like that. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I got to think Omega and the Young Bucks, right? Yeah. I mean, I think it obviously depends on who the 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 secret partner is going to be but uh, you know it might just be like because i don't think luchasaurus is on this card it might be somebody be like that cool. so all right so number uh number three is going to be cody versus darby allen or allen i thought it would be funny allen. if his name was all in uh yeah <laughs> but he's the uh predilection for self-destruction uh i i thought that was pretty funny i think that's self-proclaimed um I, I, I'm gonna go with the prediction here, Mike. Is that we aren't getting another emotional roller coaster from Cody, and this is really just gonna be to introduce Darby. So Darby's getting the win here. Um, yeah, potentially. I think that for me, this match has a 
um, a rooting interest because, you know, Cody got to fight his brother Goldust at, you know, All In. Or uh, uh, Double or Nothing. Yeah. And that was one of the coolest things I've ever seen. So now you've got to come off that emotional high of, you know, a, a spectacle that will never be able to be recreated. And now he's just in a match. He's just fighting Darby Allen. Yep. Uh, or Darby, we're going to call him All yep. In. Uh, <laughs> so... I was thinking this will be the equivalent of season two of The Walking Dead. It, it, it'll be the thing that helps Cody, you know, like continue to to develop who he is as as this pro wrestler outside of of the WWE, but uh, and help build his own brand. But we're not really gonna get too much out of it, you know. We're not gonna we're gonna see an alien or an alien, Jesus, a zombie get torn in half out of a well, and we'll remember that for the rest of our lives. But ultimately, we're waiting for season three. Yeah, this is. Uh, is that still relevant? I'm gonna, I'm gonna call this. <laughs> I'm gonna call it the Leopold Stash. Okay. It's just gonna be the little void filler. You know, <laughs> that's our butter. So he's quite the little void filler. Um, so I think it's you know it's gonna be uh, in the words of Stone Cold, it'll be it'll be a good match. Everybody was nice, uh, but it, it's not gonna live up to Goldust and Cody fighting each other, and it's certainly not gonna live up to the brothers tag teaming together um, against the Young Bucks. So. Um, just a little void filler, and I, I, you know, it's gonna be in the middle of the card somewhere. A little palate cleanser, probably. Yeah. Um, do you want to take? Yeah. Then uh, there's a one, two, three, four fatal four way here. I just noticed that you put fatal four way at the end. Adam Page with that cool graphic with a big horsey galloping in the background. <laughs> uh, versus Jimmy Havoc, who I think he eats staples occasionally. Jungle Boy. Um, great hair. Great ads. Yep. That's all you need. And Mother Juckafucka, MJF, <laughs> is uh, doing battle. I keep watching the gif of him be the escort for Samoa Joe in NXT. Yeah. And then Samoa Joe gives him a you know a facial, a uh, nice face wash there. <laughs> it is, that is a hard hit by Samoa Joe. That, that is, um, what do you call it, strong style? Yeah. Yeah, that was Samoan strong style. That was, that was pretty rough. Um... Adam Page, he's already secured his, his title match. Uh, Matt, do you have him as the favorite in this house show Fatal 4? Yeah, because he, he only won a Battle Royal. I think they need to keep building him up, uh, especially if he's going to go up against Chris Jericho and have it be believable. Okay, that's fair. Um, I was going to pick uh, Mother Juckafucker, right. but <laughs> I think you should, that... You should look him up, too. He was on the Rosie O'Donnell show... When he was a little kid, no kidding. yeah, and uh, wow. he got WrestleMania tickets and uh, was able to meet some pro wrestlers, and he's still got the same smirk, like even as a little, you know, like seven year old or something. It's adorable. He's a heel as a little yep. kid. Wow, I can see it. Uh, I'm gonna look that up. Um, I just, uh, you know, I, I would like to see him win, but he's kind of like the Miz, where he's such a great character. He, you yeah. know, doesn't need an actual, you know. Uh, free per view uh, victory. <laughs> it's it's enough for if he gets microphone time. I think that counts as a win for him. So then uh, the last match here, uh, Jibali versus Michael Nakazawa. And if you don't remember, it's, it's actually pronounced Naka Naka Nakazawa. Right. But go ahead. He's he's the guy that doused himself in, in baby oil to get out of a hold uh, at double or nothing. Uh, but if you don't know who Jibali is, makes sense. 
Bleach Report reported, or, uh, you know, I, I guess didn't necessarily report. They just, here's the fact. Uh, he's the administrator of CEO, which is very confusing to read. Uh, it's a fighting game convention that co-produced an event for New Japan. That's where he met Kenny Omega and other members of AEW. And uh, Jibaley beat Naka Naka Nakazawa in his first ever match. <laughs> so so we got Mother Chukafuka and Naka 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 Nakazawa. <laughs> so obviously what's going down here is Nakazawa's winning, right? Yeah. Oh, fun fact, Nakaza- Naka 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 Nakazawa. <laughs> also an Evolution um, uh, alumni. And as you were, sorry. Oh, okay. Uh... <laughs> I'm trying to... Matt, who you got going over here? I- I'm picking Naka 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 Nakazawa. Yeah, same here. <laughs> I mean, I-, I think there's more matches going down, but uh, it's not that... <laughs> AEW's not that type of company. They're- they didn't list everything, but there's going to be more fun stuff to watch. I think uh, the uh, the show... You know, the actual match card starts at 8.30, but there's going to be some wrestling before that at 7.30, and there's there's going to be surprises thrown in, and that's how that's how AEW kind of gets a few extra viewers by uh, hinting and nodding at some surprise appearances and surprise matches. So keep an eye out for that, uh, but ultimately this is not going to be a knock-your-socks-off show. No, excuse me. It'll have some good wrestling, but uh, don't, don't expect too much here. Uh, but, you know again it's free so as, as much as we want to rag on it or tease it about matches starting because of a stolen cigarette um let's not forget that it's free and i think that'll be nice it'll be nice yeah i'm, <laughs> I'm pumped to not have to spend money on this yeah. uh, matt let's uh we got to go off into the sunset here we're at about an hour 15 yep. and it's 11 uh, o'clock. i just want to if you if you had a lightning, we're going to do a lightning round here um, of NXT and NXT UK. Matt, oh, what stuck out for you? One thing from NXT and one from NXT derivative NXT UK. Uh, I feel like I should pick NXT UK, but um, nothing was as great as watching EO beat the crap out of Candice LeRae. I, I just, Ooh. that was so great. Um, and, and I've, I, yep, I'm going to, I almost spoiled things for next week, but uh EO is, she's such a great, oh man, she's such a great wrestler. And I think we saw that explosion of character after the match. And I, I wish that our audience was okay with getting a Japanese promo because I think EO would probably knock that out of the park. Obvious, cool. Obviously, but yeah, go ahead, Mike. No, uh, take one from NXT UK also, and then I'll, I'll jump in and do one of each. Well... Do a, yeah. Let's not. I won't do Noam Dar and Laguerre because we already brought that one up. But um, I, I, you know, the Grizzled Young Vets, another. Yeah, I love that fuck. one. All okay. right, sorry. Uh, but yeah, another. <laughs> no, take it, Another take great it. promo from them. And if you're not watching their promos, I mean, that's enough for me. They could be champions for life. You call this a music festival? <laughs> I've been here two days. Have yet to hear a single. Musical instrument. <laughs> <laughs> that was so fucking funny, man. Oh, Zach Gibson, Liverpool's number one. He's he's the man. Um, yeah, that that would probably be mine. Uh, the other thing is, Killer Kelly did a, a submission on Zaya Brookside. I've seen I jabbing, poking, p- 
powder in the eyes. I've never seen eye pulling. Yeah. So she literally pulled Zaya's forehead up and made her eyes bug out of her head. That was that was awesome. <laughs> um, for well, she's also got some massive eyeballs too. I, I don't know what's going on there with Zaya. She, she was able to supercell yeah. it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think you were right on the money with Io Shirai. Um, I loved when she got the Yowie Wowie chant. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but uh, the other cool thing was the debut of the NXT Breakout Tournament. Um, Angel Garza and Joaquin Wild got to bat lead off for us. Um, Joaquin, I wasn't super sold nope. on because he's doing an Ali gimmick. Yep. I was like, come on, man. We already got a guy with a light-up suit. Yep. <laughs> um, I thought Garza was a great heel. Yeah. I loved uh, Morrow getting him over with the machismo oozing out of every part. <laughs> um, and then that avalanche Spanish fly looked... It's one of those moves where it looks incredible, but you're kind of like, wait, who took more damage on that? They right. both look like they came out on the bottom. Uh, but then uh, Angel came and did this. He tucks you into a little yoga ball and power bombs you. So uh, good for Angel moving on. Um, I think this is another really cool idea by NXT. And uh, Matt, I think that might be a wrap this yeah, week. Yeah, that's it. That's it from the Brothers of Discussion. Go to bodpodcast.com, brothersofdiscussion.com. Please share us, uh, subscribe, and rate and review us on whatever podcast listening service you you have, especially on Apple, Spotify, Google Play. Uh, It's going to help us grow, and then, of course, we can give you free stuff maybe someday. Um, With all that, we also have a hockey podcast coming out if you're a hockey fan or a Red Wings fan that's coming soon. And maybe basketball. Right. If uh, if Mike wants to, we'll do basketball. And at BOD Podcast uh, for all of the uh, discussion uh, that you enjoy, because that'll get you the Facebook group as well. Eventually, you got to do some extra clicking, but it's also the Brothers of Discussion Live Wrestling uh, Facebook group. Blah, 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 blah. All right. So uh, that'll do it. That is everything. Mike, thanks for being flexible. You are a saint and a good brother. Oh, yeah. Because we're coming. All right. Bye. Bye. Not to brag, guys, it's just a little something I threw together last night, okay? (laughs)